and welcome to CausePods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at CausePods, we have one simple mission, to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes and make the world a better place, whether it's in their own local community or they're taking on global issues. Please visit us at causepods.org where you can learn about our guest show, their favorite charitable cause, join our Facebook group with resources for cause-based podcasters, and find a link where you yourself could be a guest here on CausePods. Again, that's all at causepods.org. All right, taking you out to the east coast of North Carolina, we are chatting with Nellie Hardin. She is the creator of the 6570 Family Project Podcast, and we are delighted to have her here on CausePods today. Thank you so much for joining us, Nellie. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell us in your own words a little bit more about what is is the cause of the 6570 Family Project. Yeah, absolutely. So that is how many days, believe it or not, we have in the childhood parenthood journey, if you will, or or that time of life, that phase. And that's 6,570 days, which actually is not all that long when you back up and look at it. So it really is about showing up with intention every day. It is definitely not about being perfect every day because as parents, we cannot be perfect because we don't want our kids to have to strive for perfection either, right? Um, This is the real world. They're real people with real problems and real struggles. And so are we. But when we come together as a family and face those things together as a team, then we are going to be that much stronger because of it and win the game of life as a family. Now, the other side of that is really helping our kids, and I particularly work mostly with families with young women in the second half of childhood. So we're talking tweens, teens, young ladies, and families in there. But the whole point is to make sure that they have a solid foundation of knowing their worth, knowing their value and appreciation for themselves, and having that confidence in themselves before they leave home So they're really equipped to go out into the world and be successful in whatever their gifts and talents and unique way set them off to be successful in this world. Because we kind of have an epidemic of a lot of people leaving home that aren't actually ready. And then they close in on themselves. They don't feel like they're worthy of being heard. They don't know how to respect themselves, let alone respect others in conversation. And then it leads down a path that isn't the best for them. And it's definitely not their most successful path. So we want to help families come together to create the best possible foundation for the kids. The way you said work with families, what is that? What kind of work is it that you do that brings this all together? I'm a family life and leadership coach. So I have different tracks in the work that I do. So I have a parent track, I have a kid track, and we really solidify those. What are the five needs that every person has that are massively exaggerated during the teen life, right? Things like that. And how to how do we approach those needs? How do we make sure they're being fulfilled in a positive way and our kids aren't just out there chasing worth for now and the rest of their lives and learning that that's a normal? Right. And so when we work with families in the 6570 Family Project, we are and it's called that, by the way, because we call parents architects. Parents are really designing, planning and building the beginning of someone else's life. So as an architect, this project, the 6570 Project 
is your most important project that you will have during your parenthood childhood journey. That's what we have. We work with them one-on-one. We do group work and either parents, kids, or all of them together. What got you interested in this work in the first place? Like, did you know when you were going to school, like this was specifically where you wanted to land or what was kind of the path that got you to this spot? You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. That gets you there. Of <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's why I took that weird left, you know, or what have you. So my background is I am a lover of all sciences. And so um, my background is in biology and psychology, actually. And I started my career in the animal field. I was studying marine mammals out in the wild. And then I went into captivity. Not, not I went into captivity, but I, I was, my work went into captivity and then veterinary work and then the human wild realm. Um, I really started about 10 years ago. So I've always been in the realm of behavior and understanding why something happens, but uh, through biology and functionality, but then also how that comes to fruition in life with decision-making disciplines, et cetera, with psychology. And those two together are just really fascinating to me. And so, no, I didn't know I'd be working with humans and families when I went to school, but I did know that I would be working with behavior and animals. I just didn't know human animals for the rest of my life. And I really made that pivot. It was right around 2010 because we had a massive family event that happened and we almost lost my husband. And it turned out that it was a um, hereditary condition and we have four daughters we had to make sure that we were pivoting our family and our disciplines, our ideas, our every day around making sure that we, even though they weren't showing any signs of this condition yet, that we were setting them up for success in order that they won't in the future. And so um, that's when I started working in the human field and uh, having everything that I had come behind me and really support that. And then after well, not after we're still living in that, but after that was kind of settled, I was really just called to start talking to the public about disciplines and behavioral changes and habits. And then it one thing morphed into another. And we have four daughters that are between 17 and 12 right now. So I am very immersed in the culture of raising young women today between my personal life, my own story growing up. Uh, I serve uh, in the community as well in that capacity and my career path. Gotcha. So yeah, that is, like you said, that's a very interesting path to get to (laughs) where you are today. Not at all what I was expecting to hear from you, but fascinating nonetheless. So let's, let's pivot a little bit to the show itself. So you're doing this kind of work, right? It's, it's part of your journey. It's part of what you're living through right now. Why then do you turn around and say, yeah, let's make a podcast. Like what was the impetus there for then going into the content creation field here? First of all, I love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I've learned so much of them, um, so much from them in my own personal uh, journey and leadership, so becoming a self-leader. And I, there isn't a platform out there that teaches how how families can come together, how parents can then equip their kids, right? Because as adults, most of our leadership training comes in our 
maybe 20s, but really like 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. And if we can take some of that and actually instill it in the concrete foundation of the 6570 so that it's part of who they are before they leave home, then they're going to be even better equipped to go out into the world and use their greatness for whatever success they have. And so it really is about taking your children on this journey of being a parent, parent-led discipline when they're small, all the way through the transition from the first to second uh, half of childhood, which that's a big transition I talk about there, but getting them to a point where they are self-disciplined leaders before they leave home. So they know and understand themselves and have that, like I was saying earlier, worth esteem and confidence in themselves. And so I wanted a platform for that. So I speak on there and then I have experts come in from this realm of parenting from ecologists to other parents to millennials and even 20, uh, you know, early 20 somethings that are just coming out of this. So we can really dive in and talk about this. What would happen if we equipped our kids with this before they left home? And it's really phenomenal to see the results. So I know you said you enjoyed listening to podcasts. Did you have any experience producing them or or just in content creation in general? And, and if not, I guess, what was it like in the beginning to try and get this off the ground? In other words, like what were some of the unique challenges or hurdles or things that happened? You're like, oh, that's very strange and weird. How do I, you know, how do I get over this and, and still accomplish my goals? Yes. Uh, well, for me, tech is always going to be the impetus um, to everything that I'm trying. Right. And I'm. You know, if you put me on a spectrum of where I am techie wise in the world, it's going to I'm probably, you know, in the middle, maybe a five or six. But when you get into producing your own podcast and doing a lot of these things, you need to be like a nine in order to do some of this sometimes unless and until you bring in some help and and uh, that can teach uh, teach you some things and learn some things or you can delegate some things out there. So I will always say that when I am starting a new platform in my work, when I am uh, trying to do different things on the social medias and you got the algorithms going all over the place. Place or, you know, podcasting, all the things. It's all the tech that comes with that. What about the tech aside, right? What about the actual content and the growing or, you know, the distribution of your show? Not like, you know, get hosting, put on Apple, Google, not, not that. I mean, like getting it to your target audience who I imagine it's a, it's a unique challenge to really get them, attract them, you know, find them, get them to stop what they're doing and check out what you're doing. One of the things that can really help is to get into other audiences and have collaborative work going on, right? But when you put out there, when I put out there that I was starting to have guests on there, then I was getting flooded. And I mean flooded with probably 40, 50 sometimes guest uh, applications a day that were coming in that didn't really have to do with what I was doing, right? I was getting people that did baby products in there because they hear the word parenting and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I do sleep therapy for six month olds. And um, so that definitely applies to what you're doing, you know? And, and I'm like, well, no. And so that was really time consuming. And then being a lot, having that upfront uh, very dis 
specific description as to what kind of guest I was looking for so that I could serve the audience that I wanted to serve. That was probably one of the hurdles I wasn't expecting that came in the way. Because once you get those guests on there that are the writers and the authors and the psychologists and the doctors and all of that that are actually working in the world of um, this teen culture and helping teens and teen leadership and all of this, then you can have some collaboration there and then it grows in the way you want it to grow and you're speaking to the correct audience. So talk to us a little bit more about that collaboration. Like what are some of the ways that you are able to leverage your connections, your relationships, the communities that you're involved with to not only produce, but to grow the show? I homeschooled for seven years. So there's a huge homeschooling community that I was able to tap into and help grow the show that way. I want to dive into that just a little bit more specifically, because one of the pieces of advice that podcasters are always given is, oh yeah, go find your groups, go find your community and promote your podcast. And then you get to these groups that are, you know, topic. And then you go, Hey, I have a podcast. And they go, get out of here. You're self-promoter. So like, how, like, how did you actually get people to want to check out your content without, you know, being branded as someone who is only there for attention or to promote themselves? Oh my goodness. That is so true. And that is a big, big hurdle. And so a, one of the the things I was able to do is just by mouth, you know, speak to some of these communities and just, you know, person by person and word spread a little bit more over time. But also really being someone in those communities that that's not the only thing that I was doing, right? I would talk about this, uh, this thing or that thing, ask questions, look for, look for feedback of my own. Hey, I'm trying to work this thing. Does anyone have any um, advice for me, right? It's this give and take. And so that's not not the only reason that you're there. Now you you will still run into even with all of that, you will still run into some that brand you with a market, you know, an M for marketing and don't let you in absolutely. And that's really unfortunate, I feel like. And I I can see why because there's some that just take that and, you know, market vomit so um put it bluntly, use the privilege. Yes, all over you. And I've seen that and I've I've been victim to that even on my own show. I had someone that came on my show and I will I'm not joking about every 15 seconds she was giving the name of her program and the tagline for it and that was all it was. She wasn't letting a discussion actually flow. And so that's really unfortunate, right? And that show did not get aired because it wasn't beneficial to the audience in order to listen to. Right. And so, yeah, you will run into that and you just need to keep looking. Don't give up. That's the that's the thing. If you believe in your message, you believe in your cause. There are people out there that are listening for it, because if it's in you, it's for you. And you just got to keep going. I'm so glad, by the way, you also brought up this idea of an episode that didn't air. You know, I think especially for cause-based podcasters who are on a tight budget, don't have a lot of bandwidth, don't have a lot of time, a lot of resources, it's hard to spend all that energy to record something to then not be able to use it. But it sounds like you had no problem saying this wasn't a good fit for my audience. So, right, you know, it, it got tossed out. And is that how you saw it or was there something more that went into the thinking? No, that's really how I saw it. And I, I felt the the guilt inside was, well, you know, she spent time to come on here too. But again, 
I asked her to come on to discuss this topic and that topic wasn't discussed, right? And it really was just a marketing tool for her. So what I did is I just recommended, um, I well, I didn't recommend, I mentioned the program on my social media and said, hey, I've heard about this and you know, she seems really sweet. So I still was able to put her on a pedestal a little bit, but the show itself was not aired. And that was a sensitive and delicate conversation to have. But it also taught her maybe for the future when she gets on, because I'm not saying what she does is not valuable. I think it definitely could be. But the way that she approached and talking about it and sharing it with people wasn't the best mode because she wasn't sharing value, right? And so I was able, hopefully, to teach her for the future so she can get somewhere and share that message with with more people. I see on your website, and you kind of mentioned that you have your own community. How what have been the ways that you use that community or or how do you leverage that community for the podcast? Or is it like, does the podcast feed the community or does the community feed the podcast? Maybe a little bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. I would say that I use the podcast to then feed the community, but then every week in the community, I have, you know, the podcast in there as well. So my podcast is kind of the live weekly show for my community. And then actually on Thursdays in my community, I have an after the show live show that is just for my community. And so we dive a little bit deeper. I answer any questions that came up from people watching the podcast and things like that. So they really are working together in order to you know serve and give value. Advice for other cause-based podcasters, though, when it comes to creating community, any really good lessons or anything to like, oh, definitely don't do this. This will be a problem. I would say when I first started, I had everything so a la carte. You know, everything was so separated. It was it was me in the middle. And then I did, you know, this out here and this out here and this out here. So having everything actually in a flow, which is something I've put together within the last, you know, six to 12 months, really having everything in a flow. So you listen to the podcast, which then sends you to uh, the community, which then sends you toward a members only gift that you can only get in the community, which then, you know, sends you into a parenting workshop that you can only um, get in the community, right? And all these different things have a flow and a system. So you can always know where somebody is in that that value uh, system that you have set up. Where are you? So, okay, you're a podcast listener. So your next thing is to do this, right? And, oh, you're in the community? Great. Definitely listen to this podcast. And you can go back. I was just doing a workshop this morning and we were talking about bullying. And I was able to be like, you know what? Go listen to episode 33, which is all about bullying, whether you know your daughter is the bully or has been bullied, or let's face it, everyone gets bullied in their life at some point. So go listen to the podcast, episode 33. So it's great to be able to be able to pull from that and also have all of those experts. I don't even know how many interviews I've had now that are literally in my back pocket in these episodes that I can bring up for my clients and people in the community. I love that also that this is not just a resource for audience, but also a resource for clients. And we see that a lot with our clients where it's not just about getting as many people as possible, but it's about being able to say like, oh, you know, this happened instead of having to field 40 calls, I can just say, check this out. And boom, like everybody gets that information. And of course, somebody's still going to follow up. I want to, you know, some people always have to talk to you, but (laughs) it is nice to, it is nice to be able to 
have that flexibility. So as part of everybody's appearance here on cause pods, we always like to highlight a cause that is important to them. Based on what you've been saying, and what we've learned about you, you have lots of causes, lots of networks, lots of communities that you like to work with, like to promote, like to collaborate with. But uh, specifically today, we're going to look at Horizon International. If anyone wants to learn more about them, they are at horizonorphans.com, which is probably a little telling of what they might do. But <laughs> yes. uh, Nelly, give us a little sense of what Horizon International does and why they hold a special place in your heart. Absolutely. So we sponsor a child through Horizon. Her name is Melody, and we've had her as a part of our family and our lives now for well over 10 years. And her picture's on our fridge, and we know her, and we um, get to you know talk with her and correspond with her. And Horizon International came to us, um, gosh, I think, I think it was 11, 12 years ago now. And that was probably the first time that as a family, we undertook a servant, um, an, an outside uh, servant heart. Our family is very, very servant-based, but we're usually hands-on servant-based, right? And we're usually out there doing things. But in this case, we were giving a piece of our heart and a piece of our income, you know, hard-earned for all of us, and we were sending it somewhere else, right? So this was a step of faith, an act of an act of faith that we came together as a family, and we do this together. And so it really is a big piece of our hearts. And you know, the the child that we've sponsored is now, you know, past high school. She's actually we joke because she's our oldest, right? Because my oldest is seventeen, and so and she's older. We have other children through other organizations too, but Horizon International was really our first time that we came together as a family and did this. And it was just such a beautiful thing. I love that they work over in Africa and they have, you can actually go see them. And a lot of these organizations, it's just kind of, um, you don't get to actually visit the physical person that you are sponsoring, right? But Horizon International is different. You can go over there and see them and talk with them and interact with them. And it's a lot more personable that way. So again, it's Horizon International. Learn more at horizonorphans.com. You can sponsor a child, which is what they do primarily, or you can just make a donation in Nellie's honor here without having to go and, and do the actual sponsorship. So Nellie, as again, you know, thank you so much for coming on and telling us about your cause and telling us about your all the lessons that you've learned. Before I let you go, though, I do want to get like, what's that one more takeaway for that person out there who's hearing this, who's desperate to start a podcast to promote their cause, their work, their initiative, like their desire to make the world a better place, something that you learn that, you know, maybe a pitfall that they can avoid or, or something that's going to help them, you know, get going on the right foot. I would just say, keep doing the next right thing. And I, <laughs> which is, which is a total quote for anyone that has seen Frozen 2, but it is true. Um, just keep doing the next right thing and it will fall into place. And you could tell I have four daughters, right? But yeah, so don't get overwhelmed by everything, all of the 1000 steps that are going to have to come into play and fall into the right place. And you will mess up and that's okay. No one is ever 100% ready to get started. It's just like having a child. No one is ever like, yep, this is my time. I am 100% ready. No, just start and then you'll get better along the way. That is such an apt description. Nobody's ever ready for that first child and You'll just figure it out as you go because you have to. So that's uh, right. Treat your treat your podcast like your baby and, and it'll work out well. And it's okay 
right? It's okay to start small. It's okay to start raw. It's okay to start a little bit less polished. Your audience and your fans and everybody following you will appreciate watching you grow, watching you evolve, watching you get better and better and, you know, be proud of you and, and, you know, enjoy being on that journey with you versus the people who start off like super polished and then there's nowhere to go. Well, again, it's the 6570 Family Project Podcast. We'll have a link to it here in the show notes and on your favorite podcast platform, or you can find it at NellieHarden.com, N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N. And there's a tab for the podcast specifically. Nellie Harden, thank you so much for joining us here on CauseBots. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of CauseBots. If you've been inspired by the work of our guest, please check out the show notes to this episode in your podcasting app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their show, their website, their podcast links on Apple, Google, Spotify, as well as a link to support the charity that they highlighted here in this episode. You will also find at causepods.org a way to subscribe to this show on your favorite podcasting app, how to sign up to be a guest on this show, and a link to our Facebook group, which is going to have special resources just for the folks who are podcasting for a good cause. And I can tell you right now, we've got one great deal from our friends at PodPage, but you're only going to learn about it and get that special deal if you are a member of the Facebook group for CausePods. And before I go, I should say thank you in particular. The show is edited and produced by Ben Kiloy of the Military Veteran Dads Podcast and what a great job he has done. And all this is made possible because of the great support that I receive from Shannon Rojas here at thepodcastconsultant.com. Once again, if you want to learn more, go to causepods.org. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time on CauseBots. Pods.